I'd like to welcome to the house of the Lord this morning. Thankful for you being here. You know our Heavenly Father is glad to see us in these pews this morning. Uh, Jimmy Crank was just telling me that Rogers, one of Rogers' nieces, Bill's granddaughters, had a wreck yesterday out there close to where Jimmy lives, and she's in pretty bad shape, I guess. Uh, that's Bill's granddaughter, didn't you say, Jimmy? Her name is Ashley what? Gamble. Gamble, Ashley Gamble. So we need to keep her in our prayers. There won't be any class tonight. And uh, has anybody in here heard anything about Roger? You know, this, this last, I haven't heard anything since yesterday. But uh, certainly need to keep him in our prayers. And uh, Patricia, you want to, uh, Joyce, you want to tell us about Patricia, what her status is? Thank you. Jim Bob and Donna recuperated. Yeah, Jim, Bob, and Donna, they pretty well got over it. Jim, he hadn't been able to take his uh, shots for the last two weeks when that, what they was giving him to see if it was going to shrink that lesion that he's got again. I guarantee you she had a knot on her head, didn't she? That <laughs> thing was about that big around. It stuck out like that. Just pumped out of her forehead. For a call to worship, uh, Doctrine and Covenant 17, 
By these things we know that there is a God in heaven who is infinite and eternal from everlasting to everlasting and the same unchangeable God, the the framer of heaven and the earth and all things which are in them and that he created man, male and female and after And after his own image and in his own likeness created he them and gave them the commandments that they should love and serve him and only live and and they should be the only being whom they should worship. But by the transgression of these holy laws, man became sensual and devilish and became a fallen man. Let's open our hymnals to uh, number 98. We'll stand and sing this song, and Brother Steve will offer the prayer. Stand, please.
Brother Jim. Step up there, Tony. Brother Jim. Yeah. Off, off the prayer. My scripture reading comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1 through 12. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and knowledge, and though I have faith, all faith, so that I could remove mountains, and I have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long, and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity faulteth not itself, is not puffed up, does not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, and thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth. It beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, and endureth all things. Charity never faileth, but wherever there be prophecies, they shall fail. Where there be tongues, they shall cease. Where there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away with. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face, now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. Open our hymnal for 44. 4 4.
I thought for a moment this morning that Steve was going to give my sermon for when he read his scripture for the morning worship. We used to have a family came and uh, the husbands was always complaining about we didn't talk about love enough. So my talk today is going to be about the love of God. And in the morning worship, we sang hymn 61. It says, whose love is as large as his power and knows no beginning or end. It's always kind of amazing how things fit together. On the way in this morning, it was impressed on me that we needed a special prayer for those that are suffering from the COVID and other things. So if we follow that still small voice, I would like to ask Brother Steve to, if he would give us a special prayer for Roger and Patricia and all of those that are suffering right now. Thank you, Steve. Second Nephi one twenty nine. But behold, the Lord hath redeemed my soul from hell. I have beheld his glory, and I am encircled about eternally in the arms of his love. God's love saves us from ourself 
There are many different kinds of love in our world, and each one has its own definition. There's a love that we have for our friends, the love we have for our spouses, the love we feel toward the familiar things we do every day, the love we feel toward those that we kind of feel like worthy of our love. There's even the love of ourself. Jacob, second chapter, verse 57. Behold, their husbands love their wives, and their wives love their husbands, and their husbands and their wives love their children. I'm going to use a Greek word that you've probably all heard. It's agape, or agape love. The love of God, or agape love, is different than all other kinds of love. It is endless and unconditional. The Greek word agape is translated as love in the New Testament. How is agape love different from other types of love? The essence of agape love is goodwill, benevolence, willful delight in the object of love. Unlike our English word for love, agape is not used in the New Testament to refer to romantic or a sexual type love nor does it refer to close friendship or brotherly love. There's another Greek word used for those types. Agape love involves faithfulness, commitment, an act of the will, and is distinguished from other types of love by its lofty, moral, and strong character. Agape love is beautifully described in 1 Colossians chapter 3. Put on, therefore, the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have quarrel against thee, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which ye also are called in one body. And be ye thankful. Where other types of love give up, God's love persists. When all other loves are selfish and small, God's love is selfless and expansive. It seeks the best in us and for us, even when we don't deserve it. And what did God do with this holy, selfless love? He revealed it to us through the life death, and resurrection of Jesus. This sacrifice of love made it possible for us 
to be saved from ourselves. God makes the first move. Romans 5, 8. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The very first thing we need to know about God's love is that he meets us right where we are. Whatever we've done, however far we have wandered, God comes to us. He offers his love before we deserve it. He makes the first move. So when we need saving from ourselves, as we all sometimes do, we can trust that God will be there to help us out. First Nephi, chapter 5. And he loveth those who will have him to be their God. Behold, he loved our fathers, and he coveted with them. Yea, even Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he remembered the covenants which he had made with them. God brings life into our dead acts. Ephesians 2. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherein he loved us, even when we were dead in sin, he quickened us together with Christ. By grace are ye saved. And hath risen us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Well, this can be applied literally. There are also many dead areas of our life where God can bring new life. Is your joy missing? Has your hope grown cold? Are you angry, scared, worried? Have you given up? God wants to bring life into these dead areas of our life. God saves us from these deaths, big and small, because we each experience those he brings salvation into every area of our life. Mosiah 2. And behold, I say unto you, that if ye do this, ye shall always rejoice and be filled with the love of God and always retain a remission of your sins. So God's love gives us life. 1 John chapter 4. In this was manifest the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might have life through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Now, I don't know if you know what propitiation means or not, but I had to look it up. The definition of propitiation is the act of gaining or retaining the favor or goodwill of someone or something, or appeasement. So God sent his son to appease our sins. A miraculous thing has occurred 
When we accept the love of God, we live through Christ. Though we are weak, we get to live through the one who is strong. Though we are tired, we rest in the one who never tires. We live life more fully and deeply than we ever knew was possible. We're saved from the limitations of our life and our love when we choose to live in unity with Christ. Before we can ever hope to extend this kind of love to others, we need to receive it first to ourselves. You may have doubts that this kind of love exists or that you don't deserve it. We know it exists because it's demonstrated in the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. This kind of selfless love can only be found in God. And the truth is, we don't deserve it. That's why it's so incredible that a holy God would reach down from heaven to save us, even undeserving as we are. Even undeserving as we are, he looks at us and finds us lovable, even if we don't feel like that's possible. Accept the love of God. Let God save you from yourself. God's love allows us to live a fuller, more abundant life in Christ. A key part of this love is God's forgiveness toward us. We've all done things at times that wasn't loving, and that's the times we need forgiveness most. And just as God forgives us, we need to forgive others. And the good news is that God will, God's love will help us do that. And we can find in the scriptures some of the ways to do that. 1 Peter chapter 4. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourself, for charity prevent a multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. Verse 10, as we, as every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. In Proverbs 10, Hatred stirreth up strife, but love covereth all sins. Verse 13, in the lips of him that hath understanding, wisdom is found. Sometimes when we're hurt, the pain can feel so big, the cut too deep, that the wound can't heal. But no wound is too big for the forgiveness of God. If you feel overwhelmed by the sheer size of your pain, let God's expansive love hold you and the hurt. Let the love of God be a covering to bring healing. 
and we forgive because we have been forgiven. We are to love others with this agape love, whether they are fellow believers or bitter enemies. Jesus gave the parable of the Good Samaritan as an example of the sacrifice for the sake of others, even for those that may care nothing at all for us. Agape love, as modeled by Christ, is not based on a feeling, but rather a determined act of the will, a joyful resolve to put the welfare of others above our own. In Ephesians chapter 4, And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I can't forget just how much, many times God has forgiven me. And uh, in those moments, we can sometimes feel self-righteous. You know, look at me. But let's remember to take a step back, pause in reflection, and consider how much God has forgiven us. This enables us to stay humble and to forgive others. Mosiah chapter 11. And ye shall also forgive one another your trespasses. For verily I say unto you, he that forgiveth not his neighbor's trespasses, when he says he repents, the same hath brought himself under condemnation. So if we say, you know, I'm sorry for all that, but we don't forgive the neighbor the trespass, then we're bringing condemnation on ourselves. When we forgive in love, we tend to build unity. Colossians chapter 3, one modern English version puts it this way. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you have a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all of these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. We are one people. We are loved by God and forgiven by God. And we bring that love and forgiveness with us wherever we go. As God's love transforms us into people of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, it also transforms us into a people who can forgive. In our reflection of God's love and forgiveness, we build a foundation for love. No sermon about God's love would be complete without talking about forgiveness. It is a critical function of love. Without forgiveness, there could be no relationships. 
we would still be a million miles away from God. Is there hurt in your life that needs forgiveness? Is there relationships that need to be repaired? Are you feeling grief? Are you wrapped up in worry? None of these realities can separate you from God's love, and we can often, often feel that way. But the scriptures tell us in Romans 8, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril of sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. <clears throat> For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. When we feel overcome by life's circumstances, we can find hope in the center of God's unchangeable, unmovable love for us. If there's one thing we know about other people, it is sometimes they'll let us down. They are human after all. And no matter how hard we try to do right by others, we are also unreliable at times but not so with God God's love for us is reliable he forgives us allowing us to repair our broken relationships if we are people of, we are people of God's love then we should do the same I would like to read again the scripture that I opened up with but where it says charity. I'm going to insert love. <clears throat> Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and I have not love, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and knowledge, and though I have all faith that I can remove mountains, and I have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burnt, and have not love, it profiteth me nothing. Love suffereth long, and is kind. Love envieth not. Love vaulteth not itself up is not puffed up, does not behave unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth. It beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Love never faileth, but where there be prophecies, prophecies they shall fail. Whether they be tongues, they shall cease. Whether they be knowledge, it shall vanish away. 
for we know in part and we prophesy in part that when that which is perfect is come then that which is in part shall be done away when I was a child I spake as a child I understood as a child I thought as a child but when I became a man I put away childish things for now we see through a glass darkly but then face to face now I know in part and then shall I know even as I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these three is love. Thank you, Brother Dean. Some mighty fine words that he brought to us this morning. Jim, I apologize to you. I had you down. I just had it wrote down here and had it marked on the paper and everything. It's still messed up. Steve, so you'll dismiss us when we get through singing. Uh, and remember, no class tonight. Uh, 385. 